works. Any living witnesses? How many of you know that the only reason you are here today is because prayer still works? Bless the Lord for the choir, Sister Janelle Mitchell. Choir, thank you, Brother B.J. Jones and others. Francis, thank God for the anointed worshipers that we have here at the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. In this year of supernatural revelation, we once again invite you as we go to the series of messages that we began on the first Sunday in June. Series is entitled A Right Now Word. This is the second of three major series that God has given us for this year, 2016, the year that we have deemed to be a year of supernatural revelation. The first Sunday in January, we share with you 12 messages from the Old Testament prophets entitled A Prophetic Word. First Sunday in June, we began this series that's entitled A Right Now Word, in which we share with you 12 parables that have been recorded in Holy Scripture. First Sunday in September, we began third in the final series of the year that is entitled An Encouraging Word. Twelve messages from the Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. How many of you know that this is a right now word for a right now time? Amen, someone. We invite you to go with us to the gospel that has been recorded by St. Matthew's chapter 13, verses 24 through verse 30, the NIV translation for this ninth message in our series, this ninth parable in the series. Hear the reading of God's word, verse 24. Jesus told them another parable. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, the New Living Translation says, while the workers were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, when the wheat began to grow, then the weeds also appeared. They also began to grow. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants then asked him, Do you want us to go and Pull them up. No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. I love verse 30. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I would tell the harvesters, First, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned in the fire. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And the church that loves God's word said amen. 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 Before you sit down, catch the hands of 
someone that is standing next to you. This ninth message in this 12-message series, this ninth parable. And we said at the beginning of this series, this series is for those who love God's word, those who look for a supernatural revelation through God's word. Hold those hands, squeeze those hands, look at someone and say, weeds among wheat. Amen. Weeds among wheat. You may be seated. Weeds among wheat. Listen, it has been said that in this current society that we live in, that it is very difficult at times to be able to tell the difference between the good guys and the bad guys, the genuine people from the fake people. Mm. And yes, even the saints from the sinners. Look at somebody and say, it's hard to tell the difference. I'm preaching already. It is so hard, and all the single women that are looking for a good husband say amen. Amen. All the single men that want a righteous wife say amen. It's hard. Sometimes you don't know what you got until you get it. I'm, I'm preaching now. Amen. <laughs> I better leave that alone. I, Amen. And so there just seems to be at, at this present time in, in society, perhaps it has always existed, I'm sure it has, but it just seems at this time to be a whole lot of disingenuous perpetrating going on. A whole lot of that disingenuous, not real perpetrating this people who are not even trying there's a difference between when you try your best and you fall short than folk who just don't even try it's a fake from the beginning there's a there's a you you've had both experiences we in your life you've had people who intended to do well and did their best and just fell short Amen. We, we all have done that. Amen. The Bible says all have come short then of the glory or the expectations of the Lord. If God was to mark iniquity, who would stand? No, none of us are perfect. And so we, we understand when you fall short. We understand when you just do your best and, and that's all you can do. But there is a difference between disingenuous perpetrating and falling short. There's some folk who plan to perpetrate. <laughs> they never had any intent of being genuine. Y'all gotta help me with this. Look at somebody and say they were fake from the beginning. They were fake when you met him. Fake when you hooked up with him. <laughs> oh, I'm preaching now. And fake when they left you. 
they're just perpetrating people that are just putting on. In fact, it has gotten so bad that we really don't know what is real and what is not anymore. It's hard to tell the difference. Am I right about it? it, it it's hard to tell the difference from what folk got on to, what, to who folk are. And I, I just, I've gotten to the point where I don't even try anymore, amen. I mean, I don't, I, I just know that there are just, there are some things that look so real but they're not, amen, called knockoffs. <laughs> Buy them at flea markets. But you look good in it. And based usually on your social status, people give you a pass, amen. They, and I, I must confess, my wife can tell you that, that I'm, I'm really reluctant in paying a whole lot of money for genuine stuff. And I used to, poke you said, I confess, until I realized it was a crime, man. Folk would bring me stuff that would be knockoff stuff and look so good. I say, thank you. I know it wasn't real. And to folks say, you know that's a crime to sell Uche and call it Gucci. You, you all know that, right? You know that's a crime. God knows I, I can talk about it because he's not here. My good friend, my uh, barber, he shows up one day. He always has stuff. He showed up one day and said, man, I know what kind of cologne you got. I got it right here for you in a bottle. I said, this bottle ain't got no title, got no name. He said, but, but you like Versace. It's, it's Versace. It, it just ain't called Versace. I said, well, if it ain't called Versace, it's gotcha, not Versace. Okay. It, it, it smelled good. Until my son told me, Daddy, you better watch it. You put that stuff on you, you may break out in a rash. Look at somebody and say, you, be you better be aware. Fake stuff comes back to haunt you. Am I right about it? Disingenuousness all over the place. In government. In politics. In the church. Wherever you want to go. We are living in the age of Trumpism. I don't need to say anymore. Amen. We are living in an age of Trumpism. Folk telling you what you need to do, and they've got three wives. Bankrupt. Don't even go to church. Make their clothes in China. I, that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to get in trouble. I'm not endorsing anybody. I'm just exposing folk. Okay. And in the church... Can I take my time to preach? We've got to beware of folk that make us feel good through the use of extraordinary rheumatic rhetoric. Folk that can preach you crazy but can't live a word they preach. I'm preaching hard. I, I, a good preacher friend of mine, I don't blame him. He said he's gotten to the point where he doesn't invite anybody over to their church unless he knows their testimony. I've gotten to the point where I'm just careful who I allow to lay hands on me. I don't want some spirits to transfer. That's why I tell some of these elders and ministers, if you got demons that you're faking, 
Don't pass those demons on the other folk. Here you are slaying people at the altar. And you cussing and drinking and fighting and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm preaching now. Watch out for the fake stuff. Listen, there's a wonderful scripture in St. Matthew's chapter 7. I want to read it. Verse 15 and verse 21. NIV translation. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Mm. Verse 21 says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Listen, there'll be a whole lot of folk that you're going to be looking for in heaven that you won't ever see. And a whole lot of folk, you're going to say, what you doing here? <laughs> you're going to be surprised who makes it in or not. Now, here's the problem. In this age of disingenuous perpetrating, we all are tempted to want to separate the good from the bad. We are tempted to want to separate the evil from the righteous. We, we all are tempted to be able to say, let us expose the unrighteous. Let us celebrate the righteous. We, even you expect preachers to do it. I said to the congregation this morning at 8, uh, one of uh, the, the, the most frequent criticisms that I receive from my ministry is that when people used to say, I'm not hard enough. And I didn't really know what that meant. I said the church, I thought it meant I don't scream hard enough, Deacon Johnny. I don't sweat hard enough. Uh, God knows I do a whole lot of sweating. I said, well, what do you mean? They said, well, you don't come down hard enough. You got to come down and expose people and point them out and let folk know that there are devils in the church and point them out. And I, I, I used to struggle with that, Mother Williams. I used to struggle with that. I said, Lord, I just want to do your will. I just, and, and the Lord said to me, it ain't your job to judge my people. It's your job to bring them in. And then, there, there, there are some people, believe it or not, their churches have become so limited to just people like them. It has become a religious social club, and, and they literally want to kick people out who do wrong in the church. And there was a time where that was pretty fashionable. Someone did something wrong, and they says, we're going to excommunicate you. Well, I've never yet heard of a hospital who puts out someone because they're sick. I, I, I've never known of a hospital who put out someone because they may be sicker than someone else. That's when you pay closer attention to them. That's when you put them in a special ward called intensive care and you give them more care than you would give somebody who's not as sick because a hospital's job is to take care of the sick. The church's job is to take care of anybody who walked through the door. And in fact, if there are demons in church, I'm glad you're here because there's no better place you ought to be than in the house of the Lord. 
Am I right about it? Someone said to me several years ago when we were, church was growing, people were coming in, they says, uh, Pastor, I, excuse me, I don't mean to insult you, but uh, you got all kind of people that goes to your church. I say two things. One, it ain't my church. It belongs to Christ. Second, I'm so glad they come to his church. And then I asked them, where would you want them to be? If somebody is on drugs, where would you want them to be? Would you rather them on Sunday morning stay in the crack house? Would you rather them stay on the street? Or are you celebrating the fact that they're walking through the doors and God says there's chance for you to be delivered. So look at somebody and say deliverance is at the altar. We ought to celebrate the diversity of people that come to the house of the Lord and they don't all have to look like you and dress like you and even believe what you believe in. But thanks be to God, they are in the house. Am I right about it? And so it is not our job to separate. In fact, the good news is that there is a great day of separation that's coming. Tell somebody that day is coming. A day in which the Lord and God alone will reveal and reward those that are evil and those that are not. To those that are not where they ought to be, God will reveal, expose, and punish. To those who are doing all they can, God will reward and celebrate. Until then, let God do his job. That's not your job to be separated. It's not your job to determine. In fact, you've got one job. And it is as difficult as what it may be. And that is to make sure that you are right. Reason why I can't go around identifying anybody else's weaknesses is because I've got enough in my own life that I've got to deal with. Every morning I wake up, I may have new mercies, but I also have new demons. For every new mercy God gives you, Satan brings a new demon around. And, and all you got it takes everything you have to make sure you're doing what God says and we still fall short amen somebody so look at somebody say I don't have time to check you out I don't have time to judge you that's between you and your God I'm just trying to hold on to the blood stained banner I'm trying to make sure I make it to glory any witnesses in here I'm trying to pray my own soul deliverance I'm trying to make sure that it's well with my soul. Who am I preaching to? Stop judging other people. You don't have the right to judge anybody. We all belong to the Lord. And if God was to mark our shortcomings, who would stand? Here's what he says to all the self-righteous people that says, I don't drink like you drink. But he says, I know your thoughts are far off. Some of you may not drink it, but you desire it. Let me preach to this side of the church. What if God was to expose your innermost thoughts right now? 
What if God was to take everything that's in your mind and put it on your forehead? People would be able to judge your thoughts by what he exposes. We all would be in trouble. Am I right about it? Because there's some things in our life that we desire to do, but by the Holy Spirit, it keeps us. Am I right about it? Tell somebody, thank God, not what I used to be. Thank God I'm not what I'm going to be. I'm trying to make it. Amen. Stop judging other people. Listen, as we turn to this text, let us hear what Jesus has to say about this process of separating those who are real from those who are not. Amen. Look at this text. This, Jesus begins this very interesting parable that is found in the gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Understand where this parable is located. It is somewhere in between the sower sows the seed on the four different kinds of soil and the mustard seed. We've covered both of those. This parable is in the middle. In fact, scholars refer to these as the agricultural parables of Jesus. Jesus uses agriculture to make a point. He tells us at the beginning of chapter 13 about the four different seeds, and then he, he tells us later, beginning I think at verse 24, about, about the sower. He tells us about this powerful parable. Then he drops down in verse 31 to talk about that mustard seed. But look at this parable that finds itself somewhere in the middle. Jesus begins this parable by stating that the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man who sowed good seeds. Look at somebody and say good seeds in his field. The man sowed the good seeds in the field is Christ. The interpretation of this parable is later in this same chapter. You can read it later. It tells us that it is the son of man. It is Christ who is the sower. The good seeds represents the righteous believers and the field represents the world. What I paid close attention to was when the parable says he sowed good seeds into his field. In other words, the world belongs to the Lord. It is his arena. The enemy may operate in it, but it belongs to the Lord. Christ sows seeds of righteousness into the world. He places us as believers into the world. He, he doesn't set us in a commune. He doesn't set us to be a cult. He does not set us so apart from everybody and everything else that we're just living among ourselves. But he sows seeds into the world. Don't forget that. He, he places us in a hostile environment so that we can, as we said on last week, be the salt and the light. And he expects us to bear fruit and represent the kingdom of God. Now look at what happens. The parable says something interesting. He says, at night, when the workers were asleep, <laughs> I'll deal with that on Tuesday night, 
when the workers were not paying attention, then Satan, the enemy, came and also sowed his seed into the same ground. Now, let me help you. I want to put this in some historical context that you may understand it. In first century, one of the ways that, 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 that a rival farmer would get revenge on another farmer is to do just this. This was pretty common during that day. They would not necessarily burn the field down, but in order to destroy a farmer's crop, they would infiltrate it with a different kind of seed that produced something that looks like the real thing, but is not. And so Jesus uses this common righteous to share this parable. He says, the sower goes out, Christ sows into the world. He sows good seed. And while the workers were asleep, note it did not say why the farmers were asleep. Because it's Christ's job to sow the seeds. It is the workers' job to cultivate what Christ has sown. And while they are asleep, here comes the enemy, and he comes at night. Look at somebody and say, he comes at night, at night, when we're not paying attention, when we're too caught up in having church, we forget that the enemy is in the church, I'm preaching, where, where, where we become so comfortable in who we are, that we're not paying attention to what we should nurture. And so while the workers were asleep, the enemy came in and sowed seed. Now, listen to this, and, and, and excuse me for getting scholarly on you, but in order for you to understand this, I've got to use this Greek word. I don't often do that, but I, I, it is necessary for you to understand this text. The word, the Greek word used for weeds is unique. In this text, it is called Zenane, which is spelled Z-I-Z-A-N-I-A. -I -I and it wasn't just a wild-grown weed. That's why it is so special. In order, when you read the original Greek text, it tells you that this wasn't just some haphazard weed that grew wildly. This kind of weed is produced with a seed. And it is a seed that looks like the real thing. In fact, it was often called, if you read uh, first century literature, this was called the bastard or degenerate wheat. Now use the word bastard because it did not come from the original farmer. It looked the same, but it was sown by an enemy. So this, excuse the language, well, Embrace this because this is what the text says. This bastard or degenerate seed produced a bastard or degenerate wheat. It looked like wheat. It felt like wheat. It grew up like wheat. But it was not. Tell somebody it was weed. And it's hard sometimes to tell the difference. And it grew up so closely intertwined with the wheat that it was right there together. And sometimes its leaves 
even crossed each other. I'm going somewhere. So the Lord says the enemy comes in and in order for the enemy to penetrate the kingdom of God, Satan doesn't always come in with stuff you will reject. I'm preaching now. And he's not red with a pitchfork with, 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 with long ears. We reject that. But sometimes the enemy comes in looking good. Smelling good. Know everything you know. The enemy knows what you know. It looks like you. It knows the scriptures like you know the scripture. You can start it and the enemy can finish it. They know how to clap their hands. They know how to have church. They know how to worship. They know everything that the saints of God know. But the difference is it's fake. Come on, somebody. And, and, and if you don't look hard, it's hard to tell it. You all know from the fake merchandise, from the real stuff. I still can't tell the difference. My son knows, tell me, Daddy, it's the way the design is. I ain't got time to look at that. All I know is that it look real. Amen. It looks And if you don't know the difference, you can wear something on your arm that looks like a Rolex that you can go to New York City. What's that street in New York is called where you can get that stuff back there and you can come back home with what looks like a Rolex and folks say, man, you are balling. And as opposed to paying $12,000, you pay $12. But you look good and you don't know. Now, I'm told, Bradley, the difference is the second hand doesn't go around the same way. But who pays that much attention? I said that for a reason. Who pays that much attention? The difference between the bastard wheat and the real wheat is that when push comes to shove, it, it doesn't wind up like the real stuff. Amen. I don't care how fake you may be, when the sun hits you and when, 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 when the cares of life hit you, stuff slip out. That's why when saints say, oh, excuse me, I slipped and cursed. I say, how can stuff slip out that doesn't slip in? Now, you can turn me upside down and dump me on the ground, but no whiskey, beer, or liquor will ever come out of me because I hadn't put it in. I'm no better than him. I'm just using this as an example. Now, but when you partake, then stuff slip out. How do you always slip and cuss? How do you always slip and be evil? What you ought to take note of is what not has slipped out, but you ought to be concerned with how did it ever slip? Tell somebody it's fake. And so Jesus says, there is the degenerate wheat that is produced by a degenerate seed. Touch your neighbor and say the seed matters. What separates the real wheat? 
Thunder fake wheat is the seed. And you can't always see the seed because it's buried in the ground. I stop by to tell you what separates you from someone that really does not follow Jesus or the intents of your heart is what your heart said because your mouth can fool folk and your hands can fool folk and your feet can fool folk but out of the heart proceeds the issue. Oh, help me preach somebody. Good people have good hearts. You don't have to convince them to do good. It's in them to do good. But fake people do good when other folk are watching. And so at church between 11 and 1, they're all right. Between 8 and 9.30, they're all right. Oh, but when the lights are off and nobody is around, then the real thing usually comes, oh, I'm preaching to somebody. I told the church this morning, I grew up in the church. I, I've had people that my daddy had to warn me against. I would go to convocations and stuff, and I would be all up in a tinsy because somebody preached. I said, oh, my Lord, they are so good. You know what I'm talking about, Cuff. I said, Daddy, we got to get them to come to Columbia. Oh, they can preach. And Daddy said, no, son. I said, come on, why can't we get them? You know what I'm talking about, Chip. He said, no, son, we don't want them. And Daddy was so nice, and he had never talked really bad about anybody. I said, come on, Daddy, we need to get them for the young people. He said, son, listen to me. I said, no. And when he said that, I said, uh-oh, daddy knows something that son does not know. And you got, because you got a whole lot of folk that look real, but they're not real. But here is the message. So we want to separate. And Jesus says that the servants of the sower went to the sower and said to him, Master, while we were asleep, Something happened, and it looks like there is some. There are degenerate seeds among the real things. Should we do something? What happened? And here's what the sower said: The enemy did that. Tell somebody the devil did that. The enemy will do that. So they said to the master, "Do you want us to go and pull up the degenerate wheat?" Want us to go pull out the tear, King James says. Want us to go into the field. And then here's what the master said. No, you've got to leave it alone. Because the problem is you can't always tell the difference. When you think you're pulling up something bad, you're pulling up something good. When you're leaving something you think is good, that is really something bad. Touch your neighbor, say, neighbor. You can't tell the difference. So leave it alone. Praise God like you need to praise him. Worship God like you need to worship him. Don't worry about who's sitting next to you or across to you. Don't worry about all the gossip you hear. Just pray to God. Say, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. How many of you know that you're praising God for your own salvation? Leave it alone. Stop looking at other folk. Stop judging other folk. Stop sending people to hell. Folk you think don't deserve to be saved. God says, I've already saved them. Folk you think issues are too great to be saved. 
God said, that's not a problem with me. That's a problem with you. Every church problem is not a kingdom problem. Say that so everybody can hear me. Catch somebody by the hand and say, every church problem is not a kingdom problem. Everything that you call a problem may not be a problem to the Lord. That's why you don't have the responsibility to go in God's field and separate what is in there. Leave it alone. Touch somebody say, leave it alone. What shall I do? Pray to God. Lord, I pray that I'm all right. I pray that when my season comes, I'll be all right. I pray on that great getting up morning, you'll call my name. I pray that when kingdom come, I'll go to glory. Lord, save me. Deliver me. I don't know who's right. I don't know who's wrong. It ain't my job to tell the difference. But touch your neighbors and leave it alone. On that great getting up morning, God is going to do some separating. He says, when I come back, I'll call all the wheat. Come on the glory to the fake wheat. Bind it up. Throw it in the fire. To the real wheat, put it in the barn. Touch your neighbor, say, neighbor, the wheat is in the barn. The weeds are in the fire. When the Lord comes back, can I get a witness? Come on and praise God. Praise God. Work out your own soul salvation. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I enjoy worshiping with you, but I don't have time to evaluate you. I'm trying to make it for myself. How many of you are doing all you can to make it to glory for yourself? Put your hands together and give God a praise. Woo! Let me leave you with something and we'll go over this Tuesday night in greater detail. Let me leave you with something. I love these parables. It is not long, but it is powerful. This powerful parable, three key lessons of observation. Number one is this, and I need you to embrace this. Catch someone by the hand, in fact, and say, none of us are in any position to judge who is real and who is not. Tell them that's not your job. I don't care what your title is. <laughs> that's not your job. Here's the second part of this one point. Again, our number one responsibility is to make sure that we ourselves are real. I need you to look at somebody and say, are you real? That's a question that only you can answer. Now, I didn't ask if you were perfect. Because I know you're not perfect. I just want to know if you're real. I just want to be real. Do you want to be real? Do you want to be authentic? Do you want to be who you are? And even with your issues, Lord, help me to deal with it. 
Second point, a day of harvest is coming. Look at someone and say, a great day is coming. A day in which the Lord himself will separate those who are real from those who are not. God will separate the wheat from the tear, wheat from the weeds. And here's the third one as you stand to your feet. When that day comes, then the Lord will reward and punish, as he said in his word. To that and to those that are not real, you have to suffer the consequences. For those who are real, and here's our prayer, make me real, Lord. I just want to be so real and genuine with you that when I fall short, I'm not trying to put on, I'm not trying to perpetrate. But when I fall short, here I am. Lift those hands all over this place. Tell the Lord, here I am. All of my shortcomings, all of my faults, all of my sins, here I am, Lord. Make me right from the inside out. David writes, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. I love what David writes, Lord, against you and you only have I sinned, have I transgressed, created me this clean heart. Whatever you do, take not your spirit from me. Ooh, yeah. How many of you want to be real? How many of you want to be real? Listen to the words of Pastor William Murphy, who writes this wonderful song called It's Working. When you're real, it works for you. Pastor Murphy writes, and I quote, this is my season for grace, for favor. This is my season to reap what I've sown. When you're real, you're going to reap what you've sown. Leave your seat, somebody. Anybody wants prayer, come. Listen, this is my season for grace, for favor. This is my season <laughs> to reap what I've sown. I haven't been perfect, Pastor Murphy writes, but I have sure been faithful. See, God's got a purpose. I know that he's able. I've got a seed in the ground that he's blessing. No more stressing. Look at somebody and say, I've got a seed in the ground. I know, I know that it would be all right. I need you to look at somebody and say, this is your season. Come on, everybody, leave your seats. Some of you, you don't have to be perfect. Just come on. God says, just be real. Come on, yeah. Come on, yeah. yeah. This is my season for grace, for favor. Yeah, yeah, this is your season. This is my season ah, yeah. to reap what I have. 
sing, TJ. Yeah. This is my season for grace, <laughs> for favor. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is my season to reap what I For grace, on, that's right. for grace, for yeah. favor. Identify with that, but I've sure been faithful. I've got a whole lot of issues, Lord. See, <laughs> God's got a purpose. You still have a purpose, and I know He's able. Ah. I've got a seed T.J. in the ground. Yeah, yeah. That He's blessing. Blessing. No more stressing. Yeah. I've got a seed. I've got a seed in the ground. Ah, yeah, yeah. And I know Him. And it's showing this is my for grace, for favor. Come on, let us pray for you. Come on, come on, right now. God is calling somebody. This is my for grace, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. This is. I've been perfect. Tell us again, TJ. Listen. I haven't been perfect. Woo. May I see the hands that I can identify been with that? Faithful. <laughs> Woo, yeah. See, God's got a purpose. And I know He's able. I've got a seed in the ground. Yeah. That is blessing. Blessing. No more stressing. Yeah. I've got a seed. I've got a seed. In the ground. Tell somebody's in the ground. I know him. It's in the ground. And it's showing it's this coming up. Is my seed. It's for coming grace. up. For, yeah, for, yeah. Favor. for favor. This is my seed. To reap. Everything yeah. is working Sin. together for my good. I need you to look at yes, somebody and say it's working. Tell them it's working together for my good. Everything is working. Everything is working together for my good.
listen. God says that thing you went through, that rough environment, amen. I'm so glad that God didn't allow somebody to come and try to pull the good from the bad because you perhaps would not have made it, but it worked for your good. Here's what people don't know. Sometimes you're good even when you don't always act good. Because, now listen, the difference is the seed. Amen. And even sometimes when you don't fully develop into who you're going to be, God says, give me some time. I'm still working on some things. And there's some things that are going to work for you. Come on and tell them it's again. Good. It's good. It's good. It's good, it's good. I said it's good. It's good. It's working for my good. It's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Real good. Come on. It's good. Woo. Wave those hands. the seed matters there have been some times in all of our lives there were some time there were some times in my life that if they would have separated that which was bad from good I'm sure they would have pulled me up and thrown me away <laughs> because although mother Bradley my seed was good I wasn't always acting good that's why God says, leave them alone. I'm still working on it. I know what I've planted. You only know what you see. God says, I know what's in the ground. There's a good seed in the ground. And I'm so glad God told them, get your hands off of him. Because some years later, I turned out all right. That there were some folk who didn't think I would be where I am now, but they didn't know it was working for my good. Come on and tell them that it's, good. it's working for my good. It's, it's good. good. arms around somebody's shoulders Listen. it's the seed and the seed comes from a relationship with the sower the difference between the degenerate wheat and the real wheat was the seed <laughs> some of you are praying for your seeds now but I start by to give you a prophetic word it's going to be all right because the seed is in the ground. <laughs> to those of you that don't have that relationship with the Lord, amen. Coming to church is so wonderful, but taking the next step is even better. No one is perfect. You don't have to wait until you're perfect to say, here I am. God says, make a decision right now watch God work things out in your life if you want to recommit your life to the Lord you tell the Lord here I am 
God's looking for someone right now. It is not up to anyone else to separate the good from the bad. It is up to God. And I'm hearing God says, I've got some seed in the ground. Some of you know you have been hearing the call of God for the last month, for the last several months, to say, make that decision. Do it now. Commit to something greater than yourself right now. God is calling you right now. He wants you to be a part of the wheat that makes it to the barn. Whew. There are only two places this parable says they went. The weeds went into the fire and the wheat went into the barn. God says you determine based on your relationship where you end up. If you don't have that relationship with the Lord, then after we pray this prayer, amen, we're going to come down to that altar and you remain standing or you walk down those aisles and say, here I am, Lord. I was so touched this morning at 8 o'clock. We've had several people, young people, middle-aged and all came down and says, one young man whispered in my ear and said, I need to be wheat. I've been acting like weeds. Ooh, but I need to be wheat. And I say, it's good. <laughs> it's all good. God is working it in your favor. And so if you're here today and you're ready to make that decision, I would not be concerned with who's watching me. Would not be concerned of what they think about me. This is between you and God. Everybody close those eyes right now. This is between you and God. God is challenging us right now. God is challenging us. Lord, we thank you for reminding us the seed is in the ground and when it's in the ground you can't really tell the good seed from the bad you can't always tell the good wheat from that which is not wheat but you said on that great day of separation you will send your angels to gather the wheat from the fields and you then will determine our destiny that which is not real will be burned that which is real will be rewarded placed in your barn thank God the wheat is in the barn amen thank you Lord for what you're doing in somebody's life right now have your way Lord someone is making that crucial decision that starting today I need to be real I need to be real with myself. It's not about what the preacher thinks or the church thinks. This is about you and God. Have your way, Lord. Move in a mighty way. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your arms around somebody. Say it's working for your good. Come on, if you want to make that decision today, come on, that's right. Walk down the aisle, stand, stand right here. Wherever you are, come on. God is calling you. God is calling you right now. Come on, make, make that decision. It's working. It's working. Come on, wherever you are. It's good. You don't have to be perfect. Thank you, young lady. It's working. Thank you, young lady. Others are coming. 
anyone else. Lift your hands, everybody. Someone else, come on. God is calling you. God says, come on. God is calling you. Step out right now. God is. It's good. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, young man. It's good. It's good. It's your voice. Somebody else is coming. It's It's good. Come on and celebrate. Clap those hands and celebrate. Give God a hand of praise. Young man is walking down the aisle. Come on. God bless you, young man. Come on and clap those hands. Wave those hands in the air. Someone else, God is calling you right now. This is your day. This is your day. Amen. God bless you as we take them in the back. Come on and celebrate what the Lord is doing. It's working. It's working. It's working. Come on, everybody, clap your hands and celebrate what God is doing. What God is doing is working. It's working. It's good. It's working. As you lift those hands to the Lord, give God a hand. Come on, celebrate what God is doing. It is. Yes, there will always be weeds among the wheat. But guess what? It is your responsibility to make sure you are the wheat and not the weeds. And here's the word for this week. Please touch somebody and say, leave them alone. <laughs> leave them alone. But pastor, leave. If you don't hear anything else, say the pastor said, the Lord said, leave them alone. You don't know what you're pulling up. There's some folk that don't look like you or act like you. That God says they're all right with me. Amen. Give God a hand of praise for this ninth parable. As we lift our hands for the benediction, remember the homegoing service at 2 o'clock. Our dear sister, Sister Mildred Ruff, let me tell you something. Last Sunday she was in church. Everywhere I've gone where she could go, I've seen her go. Ride a hot bus, get out, be there, sing on the choir. Such a faithful woman of God, was in service last Sunday, went home, and I think Monday or Tuesday, slipped away to glory. You never know when it may be your last service. Amen, someone. So we celebrate her life at 2 o'clock today. Amen. And allow me, if you can, indulge me one minute to wish the greatest wife, the most beautiful woman in the world, a very special happy birthday. Lift your hands. Y'all know we don't do a whole lot of public display, amen. But we've been together 36 years, so we got something that's in the ground. Okay. Amen.
Thank you, baby. I love you so much. Amen. Lift those hands for the benediction. Lord, we thank you for this service. Thank you for the souls that have committed their life today. Thank you for this ninth parable. Thank you for reminding us that even among us, there are weeds, but it's not our job to separate. Allow us to be worshipers. Let us not judge others unless we ourselves are judged. Help us to be real with you. Even if others don't approve, let it be right with you, Lord. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. And the church said amen. Amen. Find somebody. Put your arms around them. Tell them it's good. Come on. Tell them it's good. It's good. Amen. God bless you.